on ktalk.co.za, on the app, on DSTV Channel 885, and across the city on 567 AM. Sometimes we, we go, um, you know, to Google for, for most of the question and answer things. It's always a, a good thing because it, first of all, gives you a nice little foundation about certain things. But uh, the, the warning will always come, and that is to consult your doctor. This morning we brought in Dr. Judy Pretorius, a biomedical scientist and founder of the skincare brand Biomedical Emporium, uh, to answer some of the top uh, skincare questions asked on Google this year. Doctor, very good morning to you and welcome to Cape Talk. Uh, good morning. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And good morning to you, all your listeners as well. I think the very first thing to, to ask and the very first question that is asked on, on Google is, is how do I know what is my skin type? Because you need to know the, the, the correct skin type in order to take the correct care of it, isn't it? Absolutely. And I'm, I am going to use a few big words today, but I will explain it. There's something that we call Fitzpatrick 1 to Fitzpatrick 6, of which being Every one, one to six represents a different skin tone and a type. And from being extremely light, like albinism, for, for instance, and then slightly darker at Fitzpatrick six. And this basically means how much do you tan? So if you go outside in the sun and you have a tendency to really burn and stay red only and don't have any tanned appearance, then you definitely have Fitzpatrick one. And if you go outside in the sun and you tan and your whole complexion goes darker, then you are a Fitzpatrick six. And based on this, you'll have to understand how much you have to protect your skin because if you are a Fitzpatrick one or a type one skin, the chances are likely that if you don't protect your skin enough, you may it may lead to things like skin cancer, for instance, whereas your darker skin types have more protection, but the complexion and the intensity of the complexion changes quite a lot. So there's definitely going to be product differences between a Fitzpatrick 1 to a Fitzpatrick 6. Um, and, and of course, this, this is available, um, you know, on, on a website where one can actually go and specifically look at, uh, you know, and, and look at the description for, uh, for, for which category of one to six of the Fitzpatrick scale that, that one, uh, that one fits on, doctor. Yes, absolutely. We have all the details on the biomedicalemporium.com website. Of course, we also publish uh, many ac- academic literature as well, and I like to just share that with the public so that I can, once they Google these things, I'm happy to share some of this academic literature with them as well. So is there a very big difference and uh, b- between a, a dry skin and a dehydrated skin? How do, how do I distinguish when if I've got a dry skin, I just scratch with my nail on my skin and that would be a dry skin? And how do I distinguish that from a dehydrated skin? Well, the best way to answer that is if you look at your skin under a microscope, you will definitely see there are a few layers. Now, number one, you'll have an outside layer called an epidermis, and then you have a layer slightly deeper than that called the dermis. Now, if you feel that your skin has a bit of a stretchy type feel, then it's usually the epidermis indicating that there's not enough moisture. So you want some moisture to get rid of that tight feeling. But if you have a dehydrated skin, then our biggest concern now comes into the deeper layer, the dermis of the skin. And I need to to put some emphasis on the dermis because the dermis 
is the, the it contains skin cells that produce collagen and elastin fibers. Now, what that means, it, it helps the skin become more elastic. It densifies the skin, etc. So if you don't have enough hydration in the dermis, then your collagen fibers are going to struggle to produce more collagen fibers, number one. And number two, the density and the elasticity of the skin will definitely be compromised. So actually what I'm saying, you have to apply certain products to not only just make your skin feel like it's moisturized, like a, a cream or an ointment of sorts, but you have to look for certain ingredients like hyaluronic acids, of course your vitamin E's and your vitamin C's that penetrate slightly deeper into the skin that will go into the dermis of the skin and this will lead to more hydration. So moisturization from the outside to a, a, a tangible feeling and hydration to help your skin produce more collagen and elastin fibers. Mm. Um, what are the basic skincare products that I need and what is the skincare routine? For instance, you need to do it once in the morning, once in the evening before you actually go and sleep because during the day your skin is exposed to a lot of you know, contaminants in the air as well as to sunlight. So is it is it basically cleanser, toner, moisturizer in that particular order? Okay, what I, how I answer that, your skin has another name called an acid mantle. So the first thing that I can tell you is always look for products that is acid-based. So not like a battery acid or pool acid, but we are looking at the acid specification of between a pH 5 to 5.5. So, which means if you use pH balance products, you don't need things like a toner to begin with because you don't have to balance the pH again. But anything from a cleanser to a serum to a moisturizer needs to be in an acidic environment. That's very, very important. And then, yes, remember our parents taught us to brush our teeth in the morning and in the evening, and the same principles apply for skincare. You have to wash your face in the morning, then apply a serum on top of that, and then a moisturizer with a sunscreen on top of that. So there's a bit of a layering. And then at nighttime, you have to wash off the debris that, like you've indicated, the contaminants from the air. You have to wash it off. Again, apply a serum that at this stage, a slightly higher concentration like retinol. A serum on the skin followed by a, a cream or a moisturizer on top of that and then you go to bed and a routine like this sounds busy but it should only keep you busy for about one minute or two minutes Chatting this morning to Dr. Judy Pretorius, and she's a skin care expert and founder of the Biomedical Emporium. And there are two things, basically. Um, I think it's niacinamide uh, or niacinamide. Uh, what does that do? It's a, it's a vitamin B3. And then also, what does vitamin C do for our skin? Okay, so niacinamide, as you can hear both, niacinamide has another name, vitamin B. And uh, vitamin C has another name, ascorbic acid. You always have to look out for both of these ingredients. Niacinamide, in my opinion, should be in nearly every all skincare. 
and also at fairly high concentrations, anything from 2 to 5%. Now, number one, all of us are concerned about anti-aging. So niacinamide is a, a powerful antioxidant. And it will protect your skin against uh, what we call spontaneous oxidative stress. So if we live in polluted areas and certain areas are more polluted than others, then you definitely have to be on the lookout for niacinamide in your products. Powerful antioxidant and it also assists your collagen and elastin fibers to be more healthy and then in a constructed state. Uh, and this is very important because then automatically your skin becomes more dense and the elasticity is just in a very higher state. Ascorbic acid or vitamin C is an important, important ingredient for skin brightening. We all have a desire to have that natural glow and that brightening effect. So if you use ascorbic acid, then you're going to have a brightening effect. And what we struggle with a lot in South Africa is, of course, pigmentation and sunspots. To help us address the concerns of pigmentation and sunspots, without a doubt, when you purchase certain products to address this particular concern, definitely be on the lookout for vitamin C, but at high concentrations to address the concerns of pigmentation or sunspots. That's uh, Judy Pretorius chatting to us this morning, skin care expert. Very quickly, um, within about another minute, uh, uh, Dr. Pretorius, um, are the aloe plant leaves good for your skin and, and are they any benefit for your skin? Well, the, we call it the, the, the discipline of phytomedicine, in other words, extraction from plants. It is good for your skin, but also may always make sure it comes from a reliable source. And what I mean by that, if we just go and extract aloe from perhaps a plant outside in our garden, this is not necessarily gone through certain purification steps and so forth, and it can actually then become irritants to the skin. So if you want, if you have sensitive skin, inflamed skin, like a rosacea-like uh, skin, then yes, aloe can be an important ingredient, but make sure, go and investigate the company and where it comes from to, to make sure that it went through all the purification steps that it had to go through to ultimately simulate a beautiful biological and therapeutic response on your skin. Dr. Judy Pretoria, skincare expert and founder of Biomedical Emporium. You can find more details on their website, www.biomedicalemporium, and that's .com.